You have to know that. They can't get out in the way. They, they, can't gra- they, they have no authority or power to hinder you. So they just hang out the windows and they call to you, hoping to get your attention and cause you to turn away so they can disrupt your progress. And they assault you with attacks. And the Bible calls them, Paul in Ephesians says, it's the schemes of the enemy are their fiery darts. So, so they hurl things at you. And, and again, try to, and the flaming arrows are, are some of these, they're not limited to these, but we've talked about some of these. Uh, it, they, he, the arrows is deception. Satan is the deceiver who attacks your mind with lies. He, he wants to, the serpent of the old who is called the devil Satan, who deceives the whole world. As a deceiver, his target is your mind, his weapon is lies, and his purpose is to make you ignorant and apathetic towards the word of God. So, so did God really say, God's trying to keep something from you. God doesn't have your best interest in mind. That was 2,000 years ago. You don't need to follow that. Satan knows that if he can get you to question the goodness of God, you won't follow the will of God. If God's not good, if God doesn't have your best interest in mind, then why should I follow him? Why should I honor him? Why don't I just do the way of the world instead of partner with partnering with the kingdom of God. And so he's the deceiver who comes against our mind. And then there's accusation, our condemnation. Satan is the accuser who attacks your heart with condemnation. For the accuser of the brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. And that's Revelations 12, 10. That's to come. But as of right now, again, he still has some influence and he he takes opportunities to condemn. Satan wants to make you cut off from the love and the forgiveness of God. And it often occurs after we've blown it or had some kind of failure or mess up. You, oh, you did that and you call yourself a Christian. You still struggle with that. God's not got any more grace for that. You, you're still dealing with that. Your mouth still said that. How can you even claim to be a child of God? And, and he just accuses us with his, with his accusation. And if we're not careful and it can cause us to feel hopeless and in despair and defeated and, and unworthy. And if we believe the accusations, we wonder why would God really want anything to do with us? And if we listen long enough, he, he will succeed in his plan of causing us to walk out of fellowship with Christ. He's also the destroyer who targets your mind with pride. So this is all happening while you're walking your journey and, you, and, and you're trying to pursue your calling in Christ. And uh, he, he comes against you and tries to fill your heart. Well, I, I, I can handle this myself and I don't need anybody else. And, and you know, I told you a few weeks ago that, that David, the enemy came to David. And, and if he came to David, he'll come to us. This is what he said. Satan rose up against Israel and incited David. He, he, the word incited, it means to encourage or stir up or instigate or to inspire. And he told David, he tried to convince David to take a census. And it was all about pride. The enemy came to him and said, David, you are a great man. You are a great warrior. You're an incredible man. You've done so much for the kingdom of Israel. You, you ought to, you, they don't give you enough applause. They don't give you enough pats on the back. You don't get enough credit. Go and count everybody and just see the kingdoms that you've took and the army that you've built and the, and the money that you have stored up. It was all about to get David's heart puffed up and, and, and him thinking better than he was, and the Bible's very clear that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And there's, here's what the Bible says, God resists the proud, 
That doesn't mean stiff arm. That means hands up. It's battle ready. He, he's, he's ready to fight the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Here's another thing Satan does is we're walking down our road. We got our eyes fixed on Jesus. Tyler talked about it Sunday. He's the tempter who baits us, who baits you with your desires. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. So you've got this appetite, you've got this urging. God given, it's fine, but it's in you. And, and the enemy plays on that. And he, and he, and he messes with that. And he gets to, your, to, that, to, that, to that appetite and he deals with it. And so you get enticed. And then after desires conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. death. Temptation is a solicitation to do evil. It, they stick their head out the window, these demonic influencers and these principalities, and they say, hey, look over here. I, I've got something you really want. It tastes good. It feels good. It won't hurt you. It, it's a lot more fun than walking that boring walk down that line and trying to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Satan is like a seasoned angler who knows just the right lure to use. He knows your area of weakness and he attempts you accordingly. He can appear as an angel of light or a quick fix for loneliness or a solution to your financial struggle or, or an answer to a poor self-image. And he will then attempt to tempt you accordingly. And another attack that he uses is depression. And depression, and I just mentioned this is because that's when he takes all three that we've just mentioned, and he puts them together, condemnation, doubt, temptation, and he wraps them in despair, and he leaves us with an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. And, and, and you need to know that people in the Bible struggle with depression. The depression is not a new sickness, it's not a new challenge, it's not a new struggle. In fact, David said, when I was in distress, I sought the Lord, and at night I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. Like I was just under such a weight and such, under such a burden. This was a man of God. This was the man after God's own heart. I remembered you, O oh God, and I groaned and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I mean, he was going through a battle. He was going through a season of darkness. He was, he was going through a time of, of real trouble. Paul even said, when we were burned beyond measure, life seemed to be so hard that, that we lost our strength, that we, so that we despaired even life. So I want you to know that your struggle is not unique to mankind, but the enemy wants to use it to, 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 to really just dupe you and to trick you and to keep you from what God has in store for you and what, what he wants to do in you. And regardless of the root of depression, there's always a satanic uh, nature to it because it's rooted in, in, in the attack of the enemy. And that's not a slam on anybody. Don't think, what are you, what are you saying, I'm, I'm demon possessed? No, I'm saying that that's an attack. Jesus wants you to have life and life more abundantly. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy is rooted eventually in the demonic. It's an attack, again, to keep you from your potential and, and, and cause you to miss out on all the benefit and the grace and, and the joy that God has. So, so here's the deal. I'm in this battle, and I've learned his nature. We've talked about, the, I reminded you again, the deceiver, the accuser, the destroyer, the temper, so, tempter. So how do I stand up to him? How do, I, 
how do I stay strong? And I'm just gonna take it out. I'm just gonna give you two quick points. Hopefully they won't take too long. But Ephesians 6.11 says that you to put on the full armor of God. And, and this is something we've got to put on regularly. And, and he talks about, there, there's, there's about six or seven pieces I, I should have brought. I just want to talk to you about three of them. And this is what I know. I don't know a lot about football. I know a little bit about football. And I know I wouldn't go and play football without the proper equipment. I wouldn't go play football anyway. But if I were to go, I'd make sure I'd have the proper equipment on. Like, I'm not going out there and playing without a helmet. I see some of these dudes lose, lose their helmet in the middle of the play, and they act like they still got it on. That's stupid. Like, they are brain damaged. I don't know what is, is wrong with those guys. You're going to have the right shoulder pads. You're going to have the right, you're, not only to protect you, but to, but to inflict pain on your opponent. To, you're going to use your shoulder pads to tackle or, or whatever. And you don't go into battle as a child of God against the forces that we've talked about without putting on the proper equipment. And the first is you're to buckle up with the belt of truth. And I think we live in such an era of lies and falsehoods and, and, and we're so duped and we're so tricked. We've got to know the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is there is a God in heaven and that he is the creator and sustainer of all things, that he holds the seven seas in the palm of his hand, that he weighs the mountains on a scale and the hills on a balance, that he knows every star by name because he placed them there with his fingertips. He's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He sent his son to reconcile mankind back to himself because of his love. There, here's the truth that we have a savior and there's one way to God and it goes through the cross of Jesus Christ and he left his throne in heaven and he was born of a virgin and he performed miracles and he spoke with authority and he was unjustly tried and unfairly convicted and he was beaten and he was bruised and he was crucified on a cross between two thieves. And when he cried out, it is finished, the temple curtain tore from top to bottom. And the plan of redemption that God began in Genesis chapter three was finished. Death, hell, and the grave was finished. The guilt of the past was finished. The fear of the future was finished. The light of the world crushed the prince of darkness and he won and he was buried in a, in a borrowed grave. But three days later, he rose, to the grave, rose from the grave just like he said. And his death made way for us to be forgiven and free. Buckle up with the belt of truth. Here, here's another thing. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I talk about this all the time because it, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is not cockiness. This is not arrogance. But I'm God's child and I'm Christ's friend and I've been justified and I've been bought with a price, and I'm a member of Christ's body, and I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins, and I'm complete in Christ, and I'm free forever from condemnation. I gotta keep reminding myself, but according to the truth of God's word and the price that Jesus paid, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can never be separated from the love of God. I have been anointed and established and sealed by his spirit. I am a citizen of heaven because of my faith and trust 
in Jesus. I have been chosen and appointed to bear good fruit. I have been given all authority and power over the enemy. And so have you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Your righteousness in Christ is your protection against Satan's accusations and his condemnation and the feelings of guilt and less than and I'm not worthy. And here's the last thing, take up the shield of faith. And the shield of faith, if you were to, to study it back in Paul's day, the way that they did warfare is they would all line up and, and then the troops, the marching troops, would just begin to take ground and, 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 and the artillery, they would, they would have their bow and arrows. Have you ever seen Braveheart? You know, freedom, y'all seen that? <laughs> That's what it was. it was. It was a lot like that. And they would shoot bows and arrows and they'd get those uh, slingshot-like things and, and, and throw those rocks. And you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain anymore. You young people, don't watch Braveheart. I'm afraid to even tell you to watch Braveheart. It's probably, yeah, don't watch it, but <laughs> just believe me. It, and, so, and so what would happen was when these things started coming, it was like a... a a five foot long shield by about two and a half foot wide and they would cover up under it. And so all this stuff would hit it and bounce off of it and they put this protective covering over it so that it would extinguish, distinguish the flames and, and they would be safe. And then once the bombardment stopped, then they'd put it down and they'd start walking again. And it was a crazy way to fight, but that's, what, that's how they did it. And so Paul is, he's kind of, they would understand the lingo. So he's saying, hey, take up the shield of faith, use it to, as the enemy shoots his fiery darts and, and he projects whatever he's coming at you, hurling at you, then protect yourself. It doesn't mean to stop fighting. It, you don't hide under there forever. The shield is not uh, something that, no, it's just to, to extinguish the firing air, arrows and then by faith get back up and keep marching in Jesus' name and then cover up when you need to. But it's not a, it's not a, getting going away it's still a moving forward it's just taking protection under his cover so when the fiery darts uh, come to try to steal your finances and steal from you and drive a wedge between you and your spouse and trying to make you live in the fear of lack that's when the bible says hey cover up with the shield of faith satan i speak to you and the demon spirits that obey you and i bind you in the mighty name of jesus and i confess according to the word of god that god shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory i've been faithful with my tithing and my giving and i rebuke the hand of the devourer over my finances i stand on the promises of god that i've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread jehovah jireh is my provider your your plan is failed and God is making all grace abound to me in all things at all times. I'm going to have all I need and be able to accomplish every good work. My finances are covered by the shield of faith and I declare I'm blessed in Jesus' name. And I get up and keep walking. When Satan tries to attack your health, you take cover under the shield of faith. Satan, I'm an, am I boring you? Satan, I'm announcing to you right now, I'm telling you by the authority that I have according to the word of God that Jesus Christ is still a healing savior. That the word of God says by his stripes I am healed. According to the word of God, I will live and not die. Jesus Christ is the great physician. He's forgiven all my sins and healed all my diseases. He's redeemed my life from the pit and crowned me with love and compassion. Satan, you're rendered ineffective. I'm protected by the shield of faith and I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Listen, when he throws his javelin of fear, anybody been under a cloud of fear or worry or doubt 
our anxiety, our depression tries to keep in and rob you of your victory, and he attacks your emotions, leaving you beaten up and wore out. You can take cover under the shield of faith. You speak to the prince of darkness by the authority of God's word. You tell him the king of kings is soon going to bind him in chains and throw him into the bottomless pit. Remind him his time is limited and his days are numbered. Command the spirit of fear to be gone in Jesus' name. Reject depression and doubt and worry and replace it with the word of God. Satan, the, Satan, the Lord is my shield, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I'm dwelling in the secret place of the most high where there's peace and joy. Satan, you're assignment against me is canceled. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm protected by the shield of faith. I take off the spirit of heaviness and I put on the garment of praise in Jesus' name. Listen, when he lures you with temptation, you get take cover under the shield of faith. Satan, you're a liar. Jesus created life and he knows how it should be lived. His word has designed to help me, not to hinder me. And I choose to follow it and obey it. When he tries to convince you that you can never change, your daddy did that and your granddaddy acted like that. You just remind him that you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Everything is new. No temptation has taken you, but which is faith common to man. And God is faithful who will not let you be tempted above that which you can bear. But with every temptation will make a way out. He'll give you an escape route. You stand up on God's word. You bow up to the devil. You walk in the authority and the power that you have in Christ Jesus. You buckle up with the belt of truth. You take the shield of faith and you, you, you take protection under it. Here's another thing. And there, this is it. The worship team's getting ready to come back. I don't think I put it on here, but don't, here's the last thing. Don't give up. And you're in your fight against the devil. Where'd you get that from? Ephesians 6, 13. And whenever you've done everything to stand, keep standing. Like you ever felt like that? I don't think I can do this anymore. Keep standing. I think it's time to throw in the towel, give up. This thing ain't working. Keep standing. Well, my marriage, it, she just don't get along. She don't, keep standing. Well, my kids, I don't think there's any hope on them. I just, no, no, you just keep standing. This situation at my work, this boss is annoying the cheese out of me. I don't think I'm ever gonna get a promotion. If God's called you there, keep standing. Well, well, I don't know if I really want church. It's hard. Nobody shook my hand this month. No, you keep standing. That small group, it's a struggle. I don't feel like going all the time. No, you keep standing. You need that small group. You need that church. You need, you need a body of believers. When you've done all you can to stand, you keep standing. Here's why. Satan has one simple strategy in his battle against you. He wants you to convince you to give up on Jesus. You know, I coached, I coached my son's middle school basketball team. And none of them are in here. They're terrible. They, they're good kids. They're the worst basketball players I've ever coached in my life. Yesterday we were in a game, we were down 33 to three at halftime. That's bad. And you know what my, ha my halftime speech was? When you've done all you can to stand, you just keep standing. Get back in that game. Kick him in the knee if you have to. I got mad. I was like, you don't let that boy drive down that lane. I mean, we're just going, hey, let's don't get beat 66 to 6. This second half's going to be better. We're in this thing. Let's go. You're better than this. You can do this. When you've done everything to stand, 
You don't want to come out of the locker room in the second half. It's time to come out and get up under the shield of faith and buckle up with the, the belt of truth and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and say, Satan, you're not going to have your way with me, my family, my nation. Enough is enough already. I'm going to keep standing in the name of Jesus. He wants to try to terrify you. He wants to cause you to be faint in your faith. He wants you to run from the battle, give up on the game, think there's no way of winning to leave the Lord's army and, and stop being a representative of Christ on earth. He wants to discourage you. He wants to get you focused on the awfulness, awfulness of your sin and persuade you to believe in the persistence of his temptation and convince you that God has left you and condemn you into believing that you're not fit to be called one of God's children. And you've got to decide right now, you're not going to quit. You got to make a decision right now. You're not going to throw in the towel. And I think some of you are close to giving up because that's just the nature of man. And in a room this size, there are people that are saying, I think enough is enough, and I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm telling you, dig in your heels, make up your mind, and keep going on with God. Because of the great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us, throw off every sin and the weight so that so easily entangles, and run your weight race with perseverance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and come Constantly remember what Jesus did for you. So when you grow faint and tired, you don't give up. Here's what we got to say. I've decided to follow Jesus. If I fail, I'm going to get back up. If I succeed, I'm going to give glory to God. If I sin, I'm going to confess. I'm going to remind myself daily that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm going to get up every morning and put on the armor of God. Listen, every time you read your Bible, every time you listen to a sermon, every time you participate in small group, every time you give thanks and worship and praise, you are preparing for the battle. Put on the armor of God. Don't give up. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come near to God and he'll draw near to you. Lean on God's grace. Rely on his presence. Stand on his promises. Declare to the enemy, you come against me with your tactics and your schemes and your lies, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God you defy. Prepare to die. Amen, everybody. Stand with me, will you? I want to ask you before we go into worship, are you under attack today? Before we start worshiping, before we start praising, you recognize, you realize today that physically you're under attack. You're bombarded with temptation daily. I, I just can't get victory. You're burdened with condemnation. You're wrestling with guilt. You're struggling with ungodly thoughts. You're living under a cloud of depression. I want to pray for you. I want, because I, I want our worship to be pure and free today. I don't want you to worship with a hint of condemnation. I don't want you to worship with, with any doubt. I want you to be who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty. There's freedom. Right now, Lord, we come against the attacks of the enemy. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today that are battling sickness and disease. Lord, we, we, we pray in Jesus' name that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, any, any, any attack of the enemy that says it's because I've done something or because I haven't done something else. 
Lord, that's a lie from the pit of hell. We cast it aside and, and we just declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those battling condemnation tonight. Those that have been burdened with constant guilt. Those that have confessed and renounced but are still under a cloud uh, uh, of condemnation. Lord, free them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray the blood of Jesus will uh, be applied to their hearts, that they would receive it by faith, and that they would know that the grace of God is enough, that your grace is sufficient, that your death on the cross freed us from every sin. We confess it today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that are under a cloud of depression. Lord, that are battling with anxiety and fear and doubt and worry. And the life feels like it's being strangled out of them, Lord. Feel like the, the death grip on their neck and it just seems to get tight, loosens up and then it gets to tighter. We, we say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, release them. Take your hands off their throat. Take, their, take their, your hands off their minds in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray the joy of the Lord will be their strength. Lord, I pray they would walk in faith, not fear. Lord, we pray that they would walk in your abundance, Lord, not lack, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray by faith we would take off the garment of heaviness and we would put on the garment of praise. Come on, do it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And all those who rise up against me will fall. Lord, you said when the enemy comes in like a flood, you would raise up a standard against him. If God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my King. Amen, everybody. Let's worship the Lord together.